0: Board. Hello? Hello? Oh! <laughs> an extra little hello for you. Oh, hello! And a good
1: day. A oh, good my! Day. Oh, my! Wow. Do- doctor? <laughs> doctor! Oh, doctor! <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, doctor. Muppets- Muppets <laughs> from Space is probably an excellent movie to watch in these current times. <laughs> <laughs> um if you haven't been able to tell we are still quarantined and probably losing our minds (laughs) a little bit losing our minds yes (laughs) i'm a little bit doing okay though like i i think it's that i think when i when it hits it hits a little harder for me because i think my normal life is so much of this already and then it's just those like moments where i'm like Oh God! People I love I could get this and leave. die. Oh yeah, and that then too. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, and then also like, oh, I can't just go to a coffee shop if I damn well please.
0: Yeah, I actually had a little bit of a meltdown today. Um, I I actually did go out to the store. I went grocery shopping, mm-hmm. um, but then but then I came back and Chuni was doing his like normal like. Just like his normal greeting, of like being at my feet and like running through them and like jumping up and rubbing mm-hmm. like all along my leg, which is very cute and very sweet. But I haven't, Jody, no. <laughs> but I haven't been <laughs> away from stop <laughs> away from him <laughs> for for so long <laughs> that I walked in the door and he started doing that, and I was like, Jody, no, I just need some alone time. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> oh no. And and having he little was like... <laughs> He was, like, totally non-phased by my, like, screaming at him, and, like, two seconds later, he just, like, <laughs> I was in the kitchen cooking, and he just, like, laid down in between my feet, and I was like, this is not... <laughs> We need boundaries, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have to admit, Shadow has, like, I think I said maybe said this last week, but I know I've talked about before how Shadow does this, like, really adorable slash, like, definitely some form of, like, attachment anxiety thing. Mm -hmm. Where, like, any time we try to leave the house, he will, like, run from wherever he is in the apartment and throw himself in front of the door. um, (laughs) Like, that door outside. He has... Stopped doing that because I think he's forgotten that we have a door there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: he's just like, no one leaves this place.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's gotten his wish. Oh, my God. So, oh, God. Yeah. I also think it's funny not to, like, immediately start talking about the book. But it's just, like, on the forefront of my mind. Because how funny. Like, we were just roasting this book last episode and now like so much has happened i still might roast it like i did not love yeah yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, please roast away i know i feel the same way i'm like oh nothing happened it's so boring oh my god trains ew and then we got to this (laughs) section that's like an entire book happened in four chapters correct yes
1: (laughs) and it was still like
0: weird and confusing
1: (laughs) it was i like yes and like It's almost kind of like we said last time, like, the whole first half, like, it really didn't start until that fun, (laughs) quote-unquote fun, that's a terrible way to put it, but this is fiction, so we can maybe put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, The death and Coco in the pyramid, which, spoiler alert, the pyramid isn't really ever explained, which is super upsetting to me. Yeah, Um, that just
0: kind of, like, disappeared, and Quillard was like, meh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh no
0: big deal. You know, I feel like Lillian Jackson Brown does this like a lot where she writes something like really cool and interesting and then like forgets that she wrote about it. (laughs) And then it just like never is talked about again in the rest of the book.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, you know, like sometimes how, oh gosh, sorry, John's doing dishes again. I don't know if you can hear that in the background. Um, That's okay. Junie is obsessed with my computer right now
0: and trying to like turn it off. He's like actually <laughs> going after the power
1: button. <laughs> All right. So this will be a bit of a chaotic mix here.
0: <laughs> so this is. <laughs> yeah. So if I yell at him, it's because he's put his little grubby paw on the power button again. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh>, Junie. <laughs> and oh, it's either yeah he's like going after the power button but also like
1: maybe trying to unplug my microphone i can't really tell <laughs> he's like something i'm not sure which one of these things is giving taking more attention away from me so i'm gonna try to sabotage right. both
0: <laughs> yeah
1: oh man what was i even saying i completely fucking forget wow cabin fever i, I like know. didn't really think i was this cabin fevery until i started talking and i sound insane and i am sorry to everyone in advance <laughs>
0: Yeah, not to bring it back to Muppets, but if you want a <laughs> fun song about Cabin Fever.
1: Oh, uh, yes. I actually was thinking that. Muppet Treasure John. Island is your movie. Yep. Yep. Oh my god, that's such a good one. Maybe we should have a -a Muppets-a-thon from afar. We could have a live Muppets streaming. Yes. Oh my gosh, Muppets from space, Muppet Treasure Island, Mm -hmm. our childhood. Truly. (laughs) Although the question really would be, do we have access to either of those movies right now? Um, no. But if... (laughs) If we can uh,
0: loop the Familia in Virginia in, they do have both on
1: VHS. <laughs> they do. But you know what that would entail? It would entail probably about an hour of like discussions tinging on a little spicy between all of them to get that VHS hooked up so that it could actually, or the Re-plugged VCR hooked in. up so that it could play the v- vHss.
0: Yeah, I actually think it's always hooked up. So I don't really? think that's that's a problem. Yeah, it's only not hooked up when I want to play N sixty four. Yes, correct. <laughs> and I'm not there right now, so it's probably still hooked up.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, fair. All right, well, we'll get them involved. We'll get them uh, just pointing a camera at their uh, TV yeah. screen. <laughs> And we will watch from there. We really should. We haven't done, I feel like I've done, you know, I feel like we're all kind of going through the thing now where, like, I had never used Zoom before. I'm sure a lot of other normal people have. I just had somehow missed it. But I feel like now I've done a Zoom book club, a Zoom trial crew (laughs) of my, like, friends that watch true crime. I've done a, a Zoom Like, just normal hangout. Oh, I've done a Zoom Riverdale watching.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I know. I keep seeing memes pop up that's like, this pandemic brought to you by Zoom.
1: (laughs) I literally just saw that today. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, it's so true. Like, what other video streaming? Like, where did Skype go? (laughs) No one.
1: I was thinking that. Yeah.
0: Everyone's using Because I use Zoom at work for, like, all of my meetings are now Zoom meetings. Like, in-network, out-of-network, like, all of them.
1: Were they before?
0: No, they were just conference calls. I'm like, why do we all of a sudden have to see each other? (laughs) Like,
1: these were calls before. That is weird. Yeah, I feel like I've kind of heard people talking about that, too. I feel like my hangs are... Like if if you're trying to take the place of like an in-person hangout, then yes, that makes sense to supplement with some form of video conferencing situation. Mm-hmm. If it's if it was originally a conference call, why are you subjecting the introverts <laughs> to a video call now?
0: I know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think a part of it is like giving people the option to not use their personal cell phone, uh... which is fair. But like also, I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd rather
0: not see you. <laughs> I'd rather not see... Well, mostly, I would rather you not see me. Oh, that's incredibly
1: <laughs> fair, yes. Actually, speaking of quarantine memes, have you seen the one of the girl on the Zoom conference who forgets that she's on video and literally takes walks her computer into the bathroom and pees?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I haven't done that yet, but I will say my very first Zoom call... This is such an embarrassing story. My very first Zoom call... Tell us <laughs> on quarantine. Um, I did. I made sure my camera was off, guys. It was off. So,
1: this <laughs> what are you about <laughs> to
0: say? <laughs> just, just say. I'm prefacing that I was smart enough to turn my camera <laughs> off for this. Oh my god. <laughs> But my very first Zoom call, it was with my entire organization, so not just, like, my office in Maryland, but the D.C. office um, also, Mm -hmm. and, like, it was with our new president, and and it was just, like, a lot. It was high stakes, because it was the first (laughs) day that we were in, like, in the at-home situation, and it was meant to be, like, a trial day, and then all of a sudden, it was, like, quarantine time and not a trial anymore, and it was, like, we had to prove that we were going to be Okay. Oh, sure. And like still show up for meetings. <laughs> so I I signed in to the video call and I had it on video at first. And then I spilled my entire fucking cup of coffee all over <laughs> myself and my futon, like and Chuni, <laughs> and, like, my computer, everything. Just like a huge full cup of coffee everywhere. And so it was like, Soaked into my entire futon and, like, my entire, like, bottom half was just covered in coffee. Like, I could feel it, like, running down my thighs and, like, oh. it was everywhere. And for a hot second, I was like, can I sit through an hour-long Zoom call like this? <laughs> Did they I was, see like, you no, spill no, it? I haven't. No, no one saw me spill it because it was in my lower half. But, oh god.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but it it was terrible and so I, I was like no I, I absolutely can't sit an hour in like a squishy like underwear situation with like a squishy couch and like Chuny's uh... tracking coffee all over the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh so I turned my
0: camera off and, like, had to pull my futon. I'm, the meeting is still going on behind me on mm-hmm. my computer as I'm, like, pulling my futon out and trying to, like, soak up all the coffee. Meanwhile, I, like, took my <laughs> pants off. So I'm doing all <laughs> of this, like, half naked. <laughs> and halfway through I turned around and was like oh my god did I turn my camera off
1: and i been like flashing everyone (laughs) oh yeah that is quite a panic I would have the entire time I'm actually not sure I would be convinced even if I saw a message every 45 milliseconds that said camera turned off I think I would still be convinced that everyone was seeing my bare bare ass
0: Yeah, no, and I eventually did. I put my computer, like, facing away from me on my (laughs) table and, like, covered the camera back up again, even though I knew the camera was off. I was like, just in case it decides to turn back (laughs) on again. (laughs) But, yeah, so that was my disaster zoom. Oh,
1: God. Why are you always telling us stories about your underwear being squishy?
0: I Well, that's only the second time my underwear has been squishy. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, I mean, it's more than the average amount of times.
0: (laughs) I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, that one
0: was my fault, but the first
1: time was Chuni's fault. (laughs) That's true. The first one happened to you. The second one, you caused. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: mean, the second one kind of happened to me, too, because my coffee was, like, in a pretty safe spot, and I have no idea why it tipped over. Still... I have no idea why
1: it tipped over. <laughs> oh man, throw back to a a Patreon uh bonus episode, but could it have been your beer-loving ghost? My beer
0: ghost? I think mm-hmm. he lives in the basement now.
1: Oh, what makes you think that? Um,
0: well, he has his beer in my fridge still. I've left him a <laughs> single beer, beer in my fridge that has it'll good. just live there forever. Good, good. That's the ghost beer. <laughs> so, I feel like he's happy. Um, I have like a like Himalayan salt nightlight on the second floor. So I feel like that might keep ghosts away from the upper levels. Hmm. I could be wrong. I don't know anything about ghosts, but salt is like a deterrent, right? I think so. Yeah, I I think so, too. Um, But yeah, no, I think I think he's in my basement Because uh, Chuni loves to go down into my basement and eat the spiders down there. (laughs) It's like his favorite thing to do. Um, But every once in a while, he'll go down there and like, you know, be doing his thing, eating the spiders and whatever. And then I'll hear him like cry really loud like he's stuck somewhere and then like bolts like come running up the stairs and like bolt through the door and i'll hear it like flap open and like flap closed and he'll just like zoom up to the third floor. And i'm like, mm, "Okay, did you like scare yourself or did something else scare you down there?"
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah, i don't love that. So I don't love it. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's still like a fine basement. It's like mostly finished and like you know clean and like tiled floor and it's not like super creepy or anything but there might be a ghost living down there
1: (laughs) there just might there just might oh man a ghost living in the basement i don't know if i can transition to the book from that but i'm gonna try Um... (laughs) okay oh i well i know
0: because there was something hidden in a uh in polly's basement
1: oh shit you're right well polly's garage cement. floor oh yes garage basement oh god yeah but we can't segue into that yet that's the big spoiler at the
0: end i know but now everyone's gonna be wondering what's hidden in polly's basement <laughs> I mean, you could probably guess that's true <laughs> cliffhanger up front
1: (laughs) front. (laughs) we'll get there at the end (laughs) oh guys this book i don't know i don't know what it is it almost feels like you know how sometimes when people talk about like i feel like maybe like Nicolas cage is a good example like sometimes in a movie he just gives one million percent of his entire being and other times he's just like there (laughs) like on camera but like clearly his being is not i feel like it's this book is similar. Like, I love this book series, but this one, I'm like, LJB, did you phone this one in? <laughs> like, <laughs> did you, well, just you just have, like, a weird deadline? Could... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so wild. So, like, okay, I still maintain one of the most fascinating things to me is the pyramid, and that, again, is never explained. Mm-hmm. Um. But, oh my god, should we just, like, try to list through all of the many insane things? Or should we try to go through... Because we could instead of doing, like, an actual timeline. Because I tried, after I finished the book, to go through the web of, like, who actually did what and when. Like, the actual web of the crime. The the multiple crimes. (laughs) And I was like, I'm gonna need Julia to help me with that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't even know if I could, like, timeline it out at this point. (laughs) but maybe we can start by like listing characters and telling what happens to them in this part of the book
1: (laughs) okay because that might be easier
0: than like timelining it out with everyone all at the same time because there's like a lot of things happening simultaneously
1: yeah and yeah yeah totally um We have been reduced to basically a playbill (laughs) to go through, like, character listings. Um, Yeah. So who do we want to start with? Do we want to start with... I feel like we should leave Polly for last because she's the tie-in to the big climax and has something big happen to her. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should start with... Maybe... Well, We should do Polly and then the cats last because then we can do a cat wrap-up at the end. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, we can start with Quillerin and Celia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they're kind of, like, the the top level, like, don't know anything trying to figure this all out. And then the Trevelyan family, like, all of the characters are kind of, like, simultaneously doing different things and, like, have Mm -hmm. different, like, catastrophes happen to them at multiple points in... This section, but we do... I think we start with Quillerin and Celia, honestly. Them trying to, like, mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. And Celia is still hanging out with uh, Tish and her mom. Mm. Um, and reporting back to Quillerin everything that she hears. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So,
0: I think when we left off, she had learned that they were planning to go to Switzerland at some point? What was the last thing we learned?
1: Yeah, I think one of the last things was yeah, was Quillerin suspicious that oh, because didn't we leave, well actually, maybe the dog death, maybe Zach dying was the episode before Mm -hmm. I honestly truly can't really remember like, I know this one started with yeah, where did it start with them? It started with quilleran and right quilleran and celia as like the operatives of <laughs> uh operation whistle that they're still trying to figure shit out um and then yeah where were the trevelyan sorry is that what you were asking oh my god what happened to my brain this book has melted That's, my brain yes <laughs> <laughs> okay yes Alright, can we
0: okay, maybe first we can like list all of the Trevilians that we're gonna be talking about. Okay. <laughs> so we have uh Trevelyan, the so the dad Trevelyan Senior is the one that's been missing this entire book. Floyd. We have yes, Floyd. We have his wife who Floyd. is
1: I learned yeah. names this time. <laughs>
0: Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so we have his wife, who is uh, wheelchair-bound and has some sort of medical condition that is keeping her in the, the house and under kind of constant care and supervision, but there's a possibility of there being, like, treatment available in Switzerland for her. Yes. So that's where we left her off. Correct. Um, Her daughter... Tish. Who has had one million names. Yes. Tish or L- letitia is her full name. Uh-huh. Um she is the she works at her dad's company, but like secretly wants to be a writer and like hates that. She is working for her dad's company, hates that she had to give up college, um, and is currently, like, caring for her mom and staying in that the house, the family house.
1: Right, and she's also gone by, her last name is Trevelyan uh, by birth, it sounds like, but she has also gone by her mother's maiden name, Penn, P-E-N-N, which becomes at least semi-important later.
0: mm mm-hmm. Um, Her brother and the other, the only other child in the family, who is Polly's architect of hey, her house yeah. and like developer contractor person. Eddie. So he, Eddie, so he has his own company and is working on Polly's house and is like, you know, mostly... Over there, I think that's the only time that we ever like really come in contact with him is like on the work site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then final character who we met last episode, um, is the grandfather who is not a Trevelyan. He is a Pen. He is um the wife's father. Mm-hmm. So Floyd's father-in-law. And he lives like in the you know, the next town over, you know, twenty minutes away, but is like completely separate from the family, hasn't spoken to his daughter since her wedding, and like hasn't ever met the grandchildren, is just like doesn't want anything to do with them because he doesn't trust or like um Floyd Trevelyan. And that's Ozzy. Yes look at me go look at you I go <laughs> and he is a train conductor um and has been is retired now but has been so for the past like 50 years Floyd also loves trains his wife crashed his model trains out of rage oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah, was rage that slash or last that was shoot. the last section
1: he- she, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, she w- fucked up his trains real bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: she, like... And that was... I think that was the first time Celia went over. She was like, come look at these trains. And Celia was like, uh, okay, I don't really care about trains, but sure. And then she, like, in a kind of, like, manic state of, like, fuck these trains! Just, like, ran them into, t- <laughs> like, the ground.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, she destroyed all of them, basically. Yeah. um so- Oh, we should also say real quick about Ozzy. Ozzy was actually... Also, we don't, like, learn this until, like, now-ish, but Ozzy was actually the conductor that they hired uh, for the original party training back at the very beginning of this effing book. Um, So he was, because he had been a train conductor for so long. Mm -hmm. And ironically later, he had had such a pristine, uh, no accidents, like, safety record um, they hired him to drive the number nine, the party train. The party train. Hey. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, so those are all of the trevillians that this whole like thing revolved around. So I think that's, I mean, what other characters did like things happen to? We I mean, Polly had things happen to her. we'll mm-hmm. save that for later. But were there any other side stories that we wanted to get out of the way
1: before we dive into this web of madness? <laughs> web of madness! Um, Whoa. I... Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that might actually be it. Yeah, it, it was mostly the Trevalians through Celia and Quilleran that we hear the biggest, craziest things. Um, And then... Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think it's mostly revolving around them. Where do we go from here,
0: Julia? <laughs> I know, where do we go from here? Um, so, I. yeah, I don't know. Where do we even start? What
1: happened first? Oof, well, What do we find out first? Maybe we should start with Operation Whistle, because we get all of our information... About the Trevelyans, at least most of it, through Celia, because Quilleran has sent her into the line of fire, Mm -hmm. um, as we said last time. And so she has been sort of an uh, in-home, basically like a family assistant, but um, kind of more so to be like a medical type, even though she's not um, actually a trained medical professional. But it seems like she's been hired to be paid as sort of like a, a... volunteer caretaker type situation for flory who is the mother and in the wheelchair so um and has the the disease uh of unknown we know nothing else about it we are not told (laughs) um and uh so celia is basically walking this line of taking care like helping to take care of things in the family that need to be taken care of but also spying for Quillerin, and this is operation <laughs> whistle that they call it um so throughout as we mentioned last time uh Quillerin and polly are kind of on the rocks because polly is so fucking stressed out about building her house and every you know picking every detail and making everything right um that she's just been uh, sort of distant and kind of preoccupied and so Quillerin has been super fucking huffy about that and has uh kind of thrown himself into these interactions with Celia as seemingly sort of a substitute for any like ha- what do you want to call it like attention that he's getting not getting in his actual relationship
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. He's also obviously trying to get the mystery solved, but. In his own way of, like, he only vaguely tells people later and, like, doesn't tell them all the information and only hints at how he knows. So it's not even like he's doing it for anything other than his own uh edification, I suppose. But I think one of the first things... So just to refresh everyone, we had the murder at the tavern, which was right after my favorite part, Coco uh coco decimates the lights in the entirety of moose county by walking into a mystic pyramid um Uh and the the lights go out in the entire county there is a murder that happens in the trackside tavern um and it is one of eddie trevelyan's um uh, construction site helpers like someone that works with him Um, let's see what happens after that. I think actually Eddie's accident is pretty soon after that. Is it? I think it is. I think there's a decent amount of back and forth with Quiller and and Celia. Like, I think we learn some things piecemeal um, from them. Sort of, like, hints here and there that, like, you know, more about Tish not not wanting to have, you know, been a part of what she was a part of. Um, We hear a lot about Ozzy and Quillerin is trying to orchestrate a reunion between Ozzy and um, uh, the rest of the family minus Floyd, Mm -hmm. um, who has still not been found. I think. Oh, there are hints. Oh, sorry, you. Oh, I was just gonna
0: say. I think that happens actually pretty early. Is Celia picks Mm -hmm. up Floyd um, and a couple of his buddies, and he has like a nice reunion with his family. That we don't see firsthand. Oh, sorry.
1: Sorry, you mean Ozzy. Floyd has not been found. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah. Ozzy. The
1: grandpa. The, yeah, 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 the grandfather.
0: Um, Had a nice reunion with his family. Um, His daughter and his granddaughter. I don't think his grandson was there. Question
1: mark. Did he already have his accident? I think he might have already had his accident. Yeah. Really? Huh. Okay. Yeah, because then <laughs> a lot of the Operation Whistle back and forth was Celia going to the hospital to check on Eddie Trevelyan and see if he had any other information too.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So the accident. I mean, again, timeline here is pretty wonky and wild. So I feel like we can just do whatever we want. Um, the it's pre- This in and of itself is pretty wild. The so one night Quillerin Or like an evening. He's talking to Eddie Trevelyan. Eddie Trevelyan says that Polly has been kind of on him to do a specific job, like a specific thing within the bigger construction project. And so he has gotten like what, like a backhoe or some kind of big piece of machinery um, for a cheaper price because it's late at night. And so he brings it over to the construction site, starts using it. Quillerin has, I think, just spoken to him or like, no, he's inside. And then he kind of Coco kind of gets a little weird. And then Quillerin goes out to check on him. And as he's walking out, um, he hears this like screaming and this wild like noise. And then it turns out that Eddie has what, like flipped the big piece of equipment and Mm -hmm. it has been crushed under it. Yeah. Um, which is pretty wild. And it kind of comes out pretty soon that they think, because at first, you know, you think obviously, oh, this is like a part of the bigger thing here. But then it turns out that the whole thing was, um, the accident was, uh, was initiated by like a bird attacking him, like an owl or something. yeah. And I mean, the owl has been visiting
0: Quiller in the entire book. We just haven't been talking about it because it's an owl and didn't seem important.
1: <laughs> but now it is. Oh, wait, has it? I actually did not even pick that up.
0: Yeah, it was the, the same owl in the beginning of the book when, don't you remember? It like was, it, there's like a name, he has a name for it.
1: What? Why am I
0: not remembering this? I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> yeah remind me please yeah it was uh i don't know in like the first chapter or second chapter i don't know we read it so long ago i know i'm sure you're right and i've just completely forgotten yeah no it's fair it was like offhand mentioned that this like owl lived outside of his house now oh yeah i guess that vaguely sounds familiar and i think elizabeth came over and was like oh an owl i'm gonna name it
1: oh yes okay that
0: i do remember yeah quillern decided to call him macaroni and right (laughs) 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 oh no marconi oh my god (laughs)
1: I knew, yeah, I knew it was coming. I was going to say it because I figured you'd see it. I like macaroni a- better, though.
0: I know. It's like, that's a really funny name for an owl. And also a funny name for Quillerin to come up with. No, macaroni sounds yeah. more like Quillerin. Macaroni yes. sounds more like me. <laughs> that's correct. Um, And write a Quill pen column about owls. <laughs> right, right,
1: right. Oh, that's right. Which he never does either. Uh-huh, uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. <laughs> No,
0: but he did write a fun column about uh, bathing suit season and sunscreen.
1: (laughs) Yes, he did. I actually just did. I need to post it. I just did one of my uh, little readings of that exact section because I was like, "This is the exact like it's the first chapter or the first like paragraph getting back into reading," and I was like, "I just was blown away." I was like, "This is the first thing. (laughs) This is the first thing that you're giving me here." (laughs) The cat who blue even what is even happening right now <laughs> truly truly um yeah so that seems to be a freak accident um eddie trevelyan is in the hospital for most of the rest of the book he does i don't think this is much of a spoiler and it doesn't end up connecting super well either no. um he does end up dying Hmm. but he did have kind of like his own
0: i feel like Everyone has kind of, like, I, I have already said this. Everyone have, kind of has their own, like, storyline in the same, uh, I guess, like, crime ring? Crime f- f- story? Yeah. But everyone, like, plays their own part. So Eddie does have kind of his own story that he comes out with, like, on his... On his deathbed and his, like, last final breaths, he does share his, kind of, like, his trajectory mm-hmm. um, uh, with, like, you know, like, his part in this whole, like, money scandal and then, like, you know, his part in, like, the dog dying and, like, his friend dying and then, mm-hmm. you know, like, all of it ties together eventually. yeah. But, yeah, that was
1: that was his fate, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, a lot of the information that we then get from Celia is kind of the, you know, she's at the hospital with the family. And at one point, I think the mother load of information we get is, I think it's after Eddie dies or like around that time. And Tish, I think it's Tish, breaks down and gives her a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Which, actually, we should backtrack just a minute because, actually, I forgot, there is one other character that we do need to mention as a part of all of this is um, Nella Hooper.
0: Who we've mentioned multiple times, but I don't think we had a name for her. No,
1: I think it's through Celia that we learn her name. Um yeah.
0: She was the Texas secretary who I thought was a long-distance secretary, but it turns out she was just from Texas.
1: <laughs> yes. And a lot of weird Texas things were said about her.
0: <laughs> yes. Apparently she is very beautiful um, and I kind of like came off as like an arm piece type of secretary, but she is very much not that. She is a very, oh. very large part of this story and a very, like, mastermind person.
1: Yeah, we will get to her. But the information we get at this point is that uh, from Tish, that she, Tish, is very upset for multiple reasons, including the fact that Tish has lost one of her close friends because Nella was really close with tish Mm -hmm. and now that she has run away she like left without even saying goodbye quote-unquote supposedly to go um i guess like her was it her father i think she said was dying um but then they also found out that there was no uh family emergency so they were really upset that she had left without saying goodbye even to flory who she also had been close with previously Mm -hmm. yeah they also started um tish
0: started talking about this, like, money laundering issue pretty early on, and Celia talked about it with, um, Quillerin, and it seemed pretty obvious to me what was happening, but both of them were like, oh, we don't understand money, is this okay? Yeah. Because they, uh, Tish told Celia that Nella? Nella, yeah. That Nella had, they had been such good friends, and, um, tish was you know talking about like the treatment that her mom needed in switzerland and nella was like oh well i'll just like take you know a hundred thousand um, dollars from your dad's company and i'll like put it in a separate account and it'll like stay in the family so it's not like illegal it's like totally fine and i'll just like kind of siphon it off and that can be like your portion and you guys can use it for you know whatever you need um, Which, as soon as I heard that, or read that, I was like, um, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, that doesn't yeah. seem like a legal thing to do. No. Like, even if it stays in the family, I don't
1: think you can use,
0: like, company funds for that. No, nope, so, you
1: definitely can't. And also, yeah. like, it felt like, that truly felt like, oh, the mystery is solved. Like, yeah, but right. But then there was, like... Eleven chapters after that, <laughs> right?
0: Um, but apparently, she had also done the same or like made the same promise to Eddie to start his own company. He was, she was like, "Oh well, I'll just make the same deal with you. Like, don't worry about it because you're all it's, it's all staying in the same family." Mm. So um, she also promised him a hundred thousand dollars of the dad's company money and like to set it aside in a separate account for him so he could start his um company so yeah it's like when i read that i was like oh well there's there we go M- like problem solved <laughs> she she's the she's the issue
1: <laughs> oh yeah a hundred percent it was like oh okay well this is the end of the mystery but then there were so many chapters left and i was so confused yeah um and like oh yeah and then there was also a thing of like Quillerin was trying to figure out who had like quote unquote tipped off the irs too so there was like a little bit of mystery about that too, but yeah, it was already like, oh, okay, so Nella was the one that was fucking up all the finances. So mm-hmm. problem solved? Question mark. Well, there's a lot more that happens, so problem not fully yeah. solved yet.
0: <laughs> problem not fully solved, but that oh, was that was kind of like the start of problem solved.
1: Yeah yeah um, yeah where do we go from there? um so yeah, let's see.
0: So we learned about that, mm-hmm, and then so we learned about that while Eddie was in the hospital um, hmm, I mean, I guess it's i mean from there i guess we just come out with the whole thing because a lot of the craziness
1: happened after we like found out the whole story yeah i actually was just thinking that yeah because i think one of the next big things was right after eddie dies and celia comes back and i think that's when i think that's one of the breaking points where tish is just so sad that she confesses almost everything to celia and then, Ed- and then Eddie, right? You're right. Has confessed, sort of, on his deathbed that he actually was a part of it. So, what had ended up happening was that Floyd, yeah, what was it? I like uh, again, literally, sort of, all of this is slipping out of my mind so quickly. So Nella had somehow convinced Eddie's fr- friend and coworker to be a part of this. Like they were ma- they lived together in that like swanky. Um, apartment complex in moose county and so they were like maybe together maybe not Um, but she had convinced him that they needed to kill floyd right yeah
0: it was like kind of insinuated that she was like a like a murder for a higher type of person like she set the whole thing up and brought this like new accounting uh, system into Floyd's company. And then, like, as soon as she started siphoning money out, she like hired a, basically an assassin um, mm-hmm. to kill Floyd so that she could leave. But then she didn't end up paying him. So uh, Eddie's friend was the one who killed Floyd. And then Nella disappeared, and then um, Eddie's friend was like, okay, well, I didn't get paid, and now I'm a murderer. So he went after <laughs> Eddie to get payment, and Eddie was right. like, oh, God, no. <laughs> right. Like, absolutely not. Like, what have I become a part of? So he refused, um, which is why... Unfortunately, Zach, the fluffy chow, was brutally murdered by Eddie's friend because Eddie's friend was an asshole assassin and um, was angry about not getting paid. So he killed Eddie's dog, which was not actually Eddie's dog. It was Tish's dog.
1: Which is literally like the opposite of this is neither here nor there. Um, the plot of John Wick is that an assassin's dog gets killed and so then he kills everyone else <laughs> in the entire oh. world. <laughs> is, that, is that
0: the plot of John Wick?
1: Yeah, John and I actually have been watching John Wick and they're actually pretty good. Like, the beginning is really sad because there's a dog death, but literally the rest no. of the entire series is John Wick just murdering people because they killed his dog.
0: <laughs> I mean, as he should. And also, yeah, who doesn't
1: love Keanu Reeves? I mean, truly. Actually, you know what, Julia? We should maybe have a little, uh, little series on the John Wick movies where we watch them and talk about them. Because they're <laughs> <Yeah>. animal adjacent. <laughs> There's also randomly a horse in the third one that does oh. not die, I don't believe. but Okay, great. Um, Sorry, that is a wild tangent. Um... <laughs> Yeah, poor Zach. I no. yeah, RIP. R. Which RIP. That was also the reason that um or I think we may have mentioned last time. I truly forget. Um but I think they were kind of suspicious that it was somebody that Zach knew that had killed him because mm-hmm. he was kind of a watch a watch chow. <laughs> a watchdog, A f- friendly happy watch chow. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't bark, which
0: was the 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 tip off. Yeah
1: exactly yeah um and so yeah the initial suspicion was on eddie but because now we have the full story eddie has been uh absolved of at least that but eddie has Mm -hmm. kind of been pulled into it in the sense that his friend was a part of it which is then why he ends up killing his friend in the trackside tavern so that kind of spirals in that way too a little further in that um as soon as the lights i think it it kind of made it sound like it was maybe a bit of, like, opportunity when the lights went out, but maybe he had been planning on it anyway. Um, But they got into a fight when the lights went out at the Trackside Tavern. They were both there kind of discussing everything. They got into a fight, and um, uh, Eddie stabbed him with Quiller and Suspects because there was, like, a little mention um, last section. It was so small, and it, like, didn't make... I mean, it was mentioned in the way that it was like, oh, this is probably going to come back because this is a cozy mystery, but um it was so small it was his pencils like the small he had small sharp pencils that he used to write everything out and to mark everything on the construction site you know as to, as to like where to cut and things like that um and so Quiller is suspecting that uh Eddie stabbed the friend with one of these construction pencils mhm 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 when the lights went out when Coco walked into the pyramid which we never hear about again thank you so much Lillian Jackson Brown. I will stew in <laughs> in uh not knowing that forever
0: yeah but I think that's kind of Eddie's path in this book his kind of like mm-hmm. wrap up into the whole like his dad's murder slash dog murder slash friend murder Ugh. slash getting crushed by a tractor yeah, And eventually his demise. And that was truly the wrap-up to his l- line of story. Well, it's
1: honestly the wrap-up of the actual mystery that has been presented to us. And then, like, 11 more things happen after that that just, like, add on <laughs> as, like, <Yeah>. further happenings.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I think... Yeah, so I think right after... Eddie dies and Quilleran learns about all of that. He like, I know he talks to Andrew Brody at some point, but he also goes to the play. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, the Midsummer Night's Dream, which Polly does not go to, but Celia and her friend do go to. And I think everyone else in the town goes to. Um, mm-hmm. But when did Quilleran talk to Andrew Brody? Because he did like explain all of this to him at some point but i can't remember like what part.
1: Yeah, that was actually pretty far towards the end. So the first thing after that happens is that they go to the play. You're right. And then mm-hmm. so he's actually sitting with Arch and Mildred and around i think it's like halfway through. So Quiller's supposed to be writing a a review of the play and uh just just to throw it out there as everyone will probably not recall as I did not until I reread it um this is a midsummer night's dream that they're doing but they are interpreting all the fairies to be aliens which is uh-huh. <laughs> delightful <laughs> yeah. um uh and so Quilleran has been tasked to review it for the Moose County something um halfway through he does not get to watch all of the play although he does review it still like an ass cuz he has not seen the full play yeah um he i think it's arch gets the piece of information that something big is happening they both like leave the play jump into the car and they drive to the site of a big accident that we don't we only get like kind of pieces of like it felt like she was writing it Almost like, like one of those scenes of like after a plane crash or something like that, where you see like some of the survivors and you see some of the wreckage and you see some different pieces. And then finally, it all pulls together. That what had happened was that Ozzy, the engineer, the old train conductor, had and the grandfather, taken a joyride. right? Sorry, yes, he's the right, the Trevilian grandfather. Um, He had taken, like, all of his... So, he lived in a retirement community full of, like, people who previously worked on trains somehow. And so, they all together... He, like, riled them all up, got them onto the number nine train, and then was like, all right, we're going to jump this train off the track. Like, we're going to have one last... Like, hurrah! And so... He says, everyone, I'm going to tell you all when to jump off the train. And then he jumps the train off the tracks. And then he does not jump off himself. So he is killed in a fiery, fiery train crash that he has created himself.
0: Yeah. And I, um, we also missed a big plot point beforehand. Um, I just realized that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is, I think, kind of Ozzy's, like, his decided last hurrah, like he never meant to jump off the track. And one of the things that we um, learn before this happens, when the, the like full story came out that like all of, you know, the money was laundered and um, Floyd has been killed and all of that. Um, Tish tells Quiller in that um, Ozzy is actually planning on buying the train the number 9 train um mm-hmm. from her and her mother and the company and like take basically taking it over and you know giving them like most of his like retirement from like his whole career and making sure that they're all like set to go to switzerland and um that's right yeah so the, one of the things that quillerin he said was like oh is he like, gonna have enough to live off of after this? Like, if he's giving you all of mm-hmm. his money, and she was like, oh, yeah, sure, he'll still have like a pension or like social security or something like that. He doesn't need much. But, you know, yeah. after this happens, it's kind of becomes more clear that he was like never really meaning to need to live off of much for much longer anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, so he uh, really just kind of takes that train
1: out. He does. He takes that train all the way out of this life. Yeah. And then, yeah, everyone else survives, I I think. I think he was the only casualty because everyone else jumped off when he said to jump off. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. And so then we get Tish and Flory. Flory. Go do end up going to Switzerland, and it sounds like she is potentially on a re- path of recovery. There, we get that word. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get word that Tish has met a uh, uh, an interesting ski instructor there. So that's yeah, all we get on that. So she will probably not be coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We d- had kind of postulated that maybe she would become another, like, revolving character in this world. But, yeah, unless she, like, they pull her back in, it sounds like she might be uh, putting down roots in Switzerland. Um, and then, yeah, the other big thing that happened. So they right Quillard comes back. He writes the, the article um, about the review of the play. And then um, he has one last meeting with Celia where Celia's kind of wrapping up a few loose ends, including the ski instructor bit. Um, and uh, I think some of the other things involving the the family and Nella. I think there is one other piece of information that they get about Nella but I, at that point, but I think I might have either forgotten it or we already said it. Um, and then in that in the middle of that meeting, the Operation Whistle meeting, uh, Quillerin is called by polly who is not feeling well slash having a heart attack yeah slash actually having a heart attack she's like telling him that she feels weird and that she hurts she can't feel one side of her arm and he drops every to his credit he really does make it happen he drops everything he goes and gets her he calls everyone he takes her to the hospital he's like very attentive and uh um yeah, in the way that he has not been what you would want in a partner in some other ways. In this way, he actually is what you would want in a partner. <laughs> hmm I feel like we get some... In- oh, man. Oh, my God. We get some... So while they're waiting, so uh, Polly... Quillerin calls Polly's sister. So Polly's, like, obviously very worried about Bootsy. And as as they're being... Um, as they're driving to the hospital, she's asking about that. And he's like, I'm calling your sister now. Like, no worries to come take care of Bootsy. So the sister as she is taking care of Bootsy, so the sister comes to wait with Quiller in, uh, in in the hospital um as well. And did you hear I did not know this information before but apparently Polly had been married before. Um and like we get a little back snippet of information into Polly's past um because the sister starts mm-hmm. talking about like oh, you know, I was really disappointed when Polly started building this house. Like, we have this piece of land that has been in our family for a while, and I wanted her to come live here, and we have, like, this perfect cottage for her or something. Um, And then, yeah, am I missing any piece of that? That, like, oh, and then the sister is...
0: Yeah, I think it was actually, like, a big mansion that they... Have that they were gonna have her live in like with them. Oh, got it. Um, because it's it kind of sounded like, and I like skimmed, I was reading really quickly, so I was like skimming through this part, but it sounded like her husband, and I like vaguely remember this. I feel like it was mentioned in other books, I just like forgot because it hadn't been mentioned in so long. Oh, um, but she she had been married and. Her husband died, like, very soon. He was a firefighter, and he died, it sounded like, in a fire, like, very soon after they had gotten married. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like, a very long-lived thing. But it kind of sounded like he might have been, like, the brother of her sister's
1: husband, that's what I thought too. I was like, am I reading this right? I'm also reading it very fast, so I'm probably missing something. But
0: yeah, but it kind of sounded like the house was like also like the house that they wanted her to share with them was like also kind of tied up in like maybe a purchase that like they had made to like the two brothers had made together or like was something oh. because of like something I don't I don't know. But it did have something to do with her like dead husband.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um yeah, wild. It felt like a like a a Merlin level revelation that, you know, as we're getting middle names, now we're getting past relationships. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It definitely was a very like wait, what? <laughs> and then yeah. it just kind of like moved on and we're like, wait, but I kind of want to like delve into this a little bit farther. Are we just gonna like
1: right. mm,
0: just gonna like drop this and go? <laughs> like
1: drop this and not talk
0: about it. Drop it and
1: not talk. Um well I think it's dropped because right after that we do hear we do hear that Polly is recovering well, is doing great, is being just a peach apparently in the in the hospital and is telling everyone they're doing a great job and is just so positive. Um she also tells Quiller and that she will no longer be building her house and that she will be moving into the uh the homestead the the duncan homestead uh with her sister-in-law and her her sister-in-law's husband and uh the the house has just been causing her too much stress the house that she's been building mm-hmm. yeah and uh, it's kind of interesting, of course, in the way that Quillerin always is, like, "Oh, well, the the K fund, the K fund will help with that." And so he kind of makes all these plans pretty quickly to be like, "All right." And Polly's cottage that she's living in currently is going to become a an art studio. And this other place, like, wait, is her is her
0: sister in law? Her sister in law her husband's sister. Her sister in law is her
1: husband's. Does- oh, the husband's sister, yes. Okay, no, I got yeah. Wait, oh. Wouldn't that make sense? That would make more sense, yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, finally putting two and two together. I'm like, how did we not know she was married because she has a (laughs) sister-in-law?
1: Yeah, no, you're right. We made that needlessly complicated. I just rearranged it in my head as you were speaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, correct. (laughs) Yes.
0: So her sister-in-law's husband is, like, of no relation to her. (laughs) Just...
1: A uh, rando, yes, correct. Just a random guy <laughs> who's
0: married to her husband's <laughs> sister.
1: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. we made, I mean, to be fair, we made that into more of a cozy mystery plot than it needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Made it into more of a, like, soap opera plot than it needed to be. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Um, yeah, anyway, continue. <laughs> whew, okay. Um, yeah, so, like, some of the wrap-up that, like, doesn't necessarily like isn't really neither is really neither here nor there um the k fund is gonna scoop up like the land and the old place where polly lived um or is moving out of and make it into like an art gallery and i forget what else but like a couple other things um and then the last thing is when uh, Quilleran calls Brody to come over mm-hmm. because he has a few last, well, I think most of the information, we don't get any new information necessarily from this um, meeting, I don't think, but I think he, there is there are two other big pieces of information that come out um, and that are very questionable, I think at least one of them Um Quillerin, so Quillerin tells everything to Andrew Brody, and then Andrew Brody, like, kind of believes him, kind of doesn't, meow, 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 like hems and haws, um, and is like, Well, we're still looking for Nella Hooper, like, we haven't found her anywhere. Um, and then after Andrew Brody leaves, I think is when things Quillerin starts putting the pieces together of the last two things, which are where is Floyd trevelyan's body Mm -hmm. and where is nella hooper Mm -hmm. um and so the body i think is the thing that comes first i think and it comes through the cats so like the last little bit here is that the cats uh the the cat wrap up as usual and uh starts going through all the things that the cats have been doing this one like I felt like it, they didn't relate as well as they usually do. I don't know. What did you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, I feel like she listed like a lot of things that Coco was doing. And I was like, okay, I can see some of them, but also like, what does n- like nestling into Quillerin's elbow have to do with anything? Oh yeah. Right. It was like that has like no connection to and like a couple of them I felt that way I was like I don't think that has any connection to anything like I don't even think I can like make leaps to like get that into like turn that into any clue
1: no and I think the biggest things are literally Coco runs to the actual spot and like does some form of his death dance over a poor piece of concrete so i think that's one of the biggest pieces of like oh that's where the body is because Mm -hmm. it does turn out i think that eddie had helped them dispose of the body after floyd was already dead so i think they had laid him into the foundation of polly's fucking house um Mm -hmm. So that's not great. Yep. Um, and Quillerin initially is like, "Oh my god, I can't tell anyone about this. Polly's gonna have another fucking heart attack." But then he does, and the body is disinterred from the cement, um, and the K Fund like repurposes that uh, that piece of property. Um, the other thing that I was, vi- I felt like, I don't know. Again, this is like the to- like that, the kind of thing of like. We are living in a very different time frame. Although there were mention of cell phones in this book. So like, as we always say, it's like, oh, it's a different time. But also it is sneaking up on like more modern times. So Mm -hmm. it's like kind of a hard balance to go back and forth between. But the wrap up with Nella Hooper is that so Quillerin goes through like, okay, what has Coco been wanting to read these last couple weeks? And, like, you know, everything points to every- something specific. And then uh, that night, he picks... Oh, what is it? It's a something that I didn't know what it was. It was, like, Lionel and the Lion... Or something in the Lion. And from that... Oh, there is, like, a mention of hermaphrodite in that book... And so, from all of this, Quillerin puts together that Nella Hooper is not, in fact, a woman, but is a man who has been dressing as a woman, and so and is named Lionel because of the title of the book that Coco has been wanting to like wanted to read that night. Did I get that correct? Because I have a lot of side eye about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
0: was very like. A lot of leaps were made to come to this conclusion, but it also had to do with, it was, it was the, the name of one of the characters in A Midsummer Night's Dream, um, that Coco had been, like, screaming at every time Quillerin read it, um... Her- Hermia?
1: Oh, Hermia, that's right. Yes, Hermia.
0: And then Quillerin looked up the like the name Hermia and like the roots of the name and it was like something. So there were like two me- like meanings that came up. It was like a like double-masted ship or something like that and also like the word hermaphrodite came up out of it. Um mm-hmm. And it wasn't, no, it wasn't, he wasn't looking up the meaning of the name, he was looking up words in the dictionary that, like, sounded like it, because he was like, oh, maybe Coco didn't, like, like the name he was trying to, like, it, like, sounded like a word that he was trying to, like, clue me into, and so he was, like, going down the list of, like, reading all these words, and when he Mm -hmm. got to hermaphrodite, that was when Coco, like, screamed again, and he was like, I knew it! Um, like Nella Hooper whose full name was Lionella. Oh, that's right. I'm not, I've never heard as a name before. <laughs> no. But um, her full name was Lionella and he was like, I knew it, Lionella isn't Lionella it's Lionel. Which I was like, <sighs> I don't all of these, every step of this thought process is like a huge leap and also like why is this the last paragraph of the book
1: (laughs) right yeah it's like offensive on two levels it's like a it's uncomfortable because it's like this is not the way we speak about people anymore
0: right like we have right new words now that are more respectful and more
1: accurate exactly i was just gonna say probably more encompassing of that journey and experience in general we also don't get any other i think one of the biggest things too for me was that we didn't get any other information about lionel nella we don't know like we just don't know like we're just told as a wrap up, the the mysterious person who ma- masterminded all of this was, you know, a man masquerading as a woman. But it's also like, I don't know, it just makes me feel uncomfortable because it's like, I don't know to trust you that like, we don't know that that's actually the case. I don't know. And like, because we don't hear from that person themselves. And like, I don't know, it just also on the other front, it is It seems to me very lazy writing because, like, we don't get clues to that. Like, I think the whole interesting point of uh, reading a lot of these is that you get clues so that, like, you can help solve it along the way. That's like part of the fun. And there were like the clues that we got, quote unquote, that would have pointed towards this are so small and slim. And you're right, like, such a reach that like there's no way that we would have necessarily came come up with that ourselves mm-hmm. so like it just feels lazy and insensitive and just i did not enjoy it at the end <laughs> of my
0: rants yeah no it was definitely not it, like it didn't l- like add to the plot at all mm-hmm No. Like, it didn't add to the wrap-up. It didn't add to the story in any way. It was just like, oh, surprise, the end.
1: Yeah. It was like, that's
0: not even a good surprise. That's just like a, like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Kind of.
0: Like, why are you adding this in? Like, why couldn't you have made this, like, more interesting and less cringy
1: right like why did you choose to do this and also not give us more about like the fucking pyramid that i want to know about (laughs) like Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you lean a little bit more into things that you've already put out there for us yeah as opposed to like give us something that could potentially just be like i don't know it also felt like a little bit of like a placeholder like someone in like a little bit in terms of like using someone who could potentially be, like, identify as transgender or something along those lines to be like, oh, well, like, let's just, like, hand wave and put this person in this position to, like, you know, oh, we'll just solve the mystery that way. And it felt very, like, yeah, A, not respectful, and B, like, yeah what?
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, like, if you're gonna write an intersex character into the story, like, a, do a better job of explaining what that is, and also B, don't make them a villain, and C, like, don't make it a like random like plot point that doesn't add to their like character development, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. That's a great way to put it, yeah. Um Oh man, I wish there was something better we could end on, but that truly was like the very end of the book and just the end after that. Um, oh, actually, no, that's not true. There is a party that happens at the end that we could do a little bit of talking about, too, because um, at the end, I can't remember, like, is it, what is, oh, is it the after party for the, maybe the wrap up of the of a Midsummer Night's Dream, potentially?
0: Oh, I don't know. Did I black out for that part? <laughs> I don't remember this party at all.
1: I don't remember this party at all. <laughs> Um, yeah it's towards the very end because remember the other thing that happened too is that Quilleran while he was writing his uh, essay on Sunburn um, he also wrote a it was after oh no it was uh, anyway it doesn't matter He uh, after Ozzy died Quilleran wrote a folk ballad about Ozzy's life as a train conductor and gave it to oh yeah I skipped over that oh yeah you didn't read the whole <laughs> So it was like this is long and I don't care <laughs> oh my gosh it is it's so it's just so funny like quilleran very seriously along with like one of his um his uh pieces for the moose county something wrote yeah like a folk song gave it to Derek, and then it became this like huge thing quilleran was like oh now i feel good that ozzy's memory will live on and it's like because you gave a teenager a song like that is not necessarily gonna put him down in the history books necessarily um but at the end they do have a party they call it the afterglow of the um of the i think it's up for the the end of a midsummer night's dream and derek sings it for everyone and it's just a, a rollicking hit and uh at the end technically derek plagiarizes because everyone is like derek did you write that and derek and quiller and have a little eyes meeting, and because Quillerin is a big weirdo, he doesn't want to say that he wrote it, and so Derek <laughs> says that he wrote it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, that might have been the official end of it all. Yeah, what a weird book! What a weird book, you guys. We're gonna take a small break from the yeah. <laughs> after this one, this one broke us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> I'm uh, like,
0: I need a little space from Lily and Jackson. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: right now (laughs) yeah truly same actually truly truly same like there are like to be a uh, slightly positive on this weird note i don't want to take away from the fact that this book is fucking weird um (laughs) but there are ones in the past that i did really like like i really liked the the ghost
0: one Mm -hmm. and big big potato mountain
1: oh big potato mountain was really good um yeah, there were there were there, there have been a lot of books in this series that have had like really good mysteries, but yeah, this one woo, this one just did not in my in my uh, humble opinion. Mhm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, with that said, we're going to take a really fun left turn uh next time, next week, and we are going to have a really fun surprise for you guys. We're really excited. Yeah. A little
0: throwback surprise
1: yeah super throwback surprise Heyo. yes um we're gonna do we will give you a clue maybe it will be just one book so it's not gonna be a series and we're gonna have our first guest on yeah and we're gonna be Woo! taking a little break from cats oh that's true that is another another little uh little clue clue there um we're also, maybe one more small clue, diving a little bit into the realm that I always want more expounded on in the Cat Who. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about that. Um, Tune in next week for that. And yeah, in the meantime, oh man, just guys... These are some wild and scary times, and we just really hope that you guys are doing okay and just sending all of our best to you and your pets wherever you are. Yeah, I hope you're not driving each other crazy and
0: that your pets are respecting your personal space and boundaries in a way that mine are
1: not. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, keep us updated on that. Um, <laughs> I should probably actually go feed mine. I should feed
0: mine, too. Let me see if I can get Chuni to squeak for us. Oh, <gasps> He's been squeaking for me recently. Chuni, you gonna, you're gonna give us a little squeak? You gonna be a quiet little jerk. Oh. No, quiet little jerk. <laughs> oh,
1: don't be quiet. Okay, let's see if I can get shadows right over here. Let's see if I can get any shadow sense out of him. Shadow! Don't you want to give us a little scream? Oh no, he's yawning. Tony, Shadow, don't you want to talk oh, man. to? Man, he's not.
0: Of all the times to turn your back and <laughs> give me space—the one time I'm trying to get you to talk to me.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you literally just told him to give him to give you space. Maybe that's why.
0: I know yeah. he's he's like I hear you telling the world that I need to respect your <laughs> boundaries you asshole
1: oh yeah (laughs) all right well look for this picture on instagram folks (laughs) all right guys with that stay in stay healthy stay safe and uh pet your kitties for us and
0: all your other animals except your fish don't pet those
1: Oh god yeah leave them leave let them have the space that they need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right bye. Bye.